This is the Chicago Golf Report podcast, hosted by Walter Liss. Our guest this episode is Steve Skinner, Chief Executive Officer of Kemper Sports. Maybe let's start with uh, Winnetka Golf Club. That's the the announcement you had recently that uh, you're not only going to be involved with that, but there's a big restoration. Uh, Rick Jacobson, who most of us are familiar with, he's done tons of work in the area lately. Uh, What drew you to Winnetka Golf Club and what was the idea to get involved? Yeah, no, it's great. It's a very exciting project. It's uh, uh, first and foremost, it's about, uh, you know, three minutes from our corporate office. So uh, we're very familiar and a bunch of our people live in the uh, neighborhood and live in the community. So, you know, it's a great project. It's it's a course, a, you know, 100 year old course that has great bones to it. Uh, and the reinvesting in it is part of a larger uh project in the city, but reinvesting in the golf course and both golf courses, the 18-hole course and the nine-hole course, uh, and getting Rick involved. And I think it's a real opportunity to upgrade the experience, upgrade the golf course, and just make it a great golf amenity. Uh, so we're very excited uh, to be involved. We, you know, a lot of our business, we have about 140 golf courses and a lot of them, uh, about 40 of them are kind of municipally owned community golf courses. Uh, so we're very much excited about being involved in a local community golf course so close to home and really elevating golf in Chicago. So one of the projects that Rick was involved with a few years ago was Glenview Park Golf Club. And I know a big part of that was uh, allowing the course to work within the community as far as stormwater. Is that anything that he's going to be dealing with with Winnetka? Yeah, it's a, it's a very similar pro- project in in designing the golf course to help it deal with help the community deal with stormwater so it's a great benefit to the community and it's also a great benefit to the golfers because you get you know new greens new fairways new bunkers and a new tees a complete redesign uh so it it can handle the water and also be playable you know immediately after a storm as well so it's a benefit all the way around you mentioned all the courses that Kemper Sports manages right now, owns, manages. Um, there's a bunch in the area that are so impactful. Can you talk a little bit about Deer Path? You did a a really revolutionary, not revolutionary, but a really interesting uh, new service that you offer to the community where people could go play on the, the big, huge green. Yeah, the lawn. You know, it, it's exciting. And that's where there's some parallels uh, from Deer Path to what's going to happen at Winnetka is it's all about the community. And, you know, you have two communities that are willing to reinvest in their asset. And, and at Deer Path, it was, you know, there's another project we've been now involved in probably seven, eight, maybe going on 10 years. But it's really about focusing on the local community and local golfer and what they want and being it a more welcoming and an open environment to bring new people in the game. So uh, we built a big um, lawn there, which is a big putting grain. Uh, think of the, you know, punch bowl at Bandon Dunes and every, you know, a lot of the resorts are doing it, but very, uh, it is unique for a municipal local golf course uh, to have a big, I think 30,000 square foot putting grain uh, that's, of just available for people to use. Uh, there's area you can chip on it, but uh, you know, so used by a lot of youth golfers, get more people involved, people that aren't necessarily golfers. So it's it's really been an exciting project. We've seen a lot of people come out that are golfers and non-golfers in the communities, having corporate events, having parties there. 
so it's really fun. It's really been a, a reinvestment that the city of Lake Forest has made in the golf course from, you know, there we improved drainage there. We added a full length cart path, wall to wall cart paths to help um, with uh, drainage and people to play even in inclement weather, added a big deck in the patio uh, out back and really made it a true community asset. And that's, that's what we like to do in a lot of these. We're, we're very involved in the local community and, you know, mainly bringing more people out to the golf course, experiencing the game. And it's been a huge benefit as we've seen through the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, having these facilities where people can come learn the game and enjoy the game and make it a more family atmosphere and maybe, you know, less intimidating than some other places to go for beginners and new players to the game. So there's another program that you offer. It's called Frequent Fairways. Can you talk a little bit about what is that and what's the goal of your Frequent Fairways program? Yeah, so the Frequent Fairways is kind of our loyalty program for the Chicago area. What, what it came about, we've obviously been in the business for a long time, and we've now uh, amassed uh, 10 uh, pri or public golf courses in the Chicagoland area and a couple of private clubs as well. And Frequent Fairways is a program in what we've also found over the years is people like to play. They have their home course, but they also like to go play different golf courses around the area. So the Frequent Fairway is uh, to get a, people in our system as they play the courses uh, that we manage in the Chicagoland area, they earn additional benefits. If you played last year was nine courses. If you played all nine courses, you won a Titleist uh, driver uh, at the end. And along the ways, you won additional benefits. And it really is creating a community, a larger community of golfers uh, that come to expect, you know, the customer service levels uh, at Kemper Sports. We have facilities all over that range the full gamut in Chicago area from the Glen Club, which is the, you know, highest fee, daily fee golf course in the area, also a private club component, to Vernon Hills, a nine-hole golf course we've managed for over 40 years. That's a nine hole and a great value and kind of everything in between. But the one thing that kind of brings them all together is the focus on the guest, focus on the golfer and, and making it, you know, the best nine hole golf course experience you can have or the best high end daily fee experience you can have. So this frequent fairway program really is get people, local Chicago golfers to join and they get special offers and uh, special benefits as they uh, as they play more. You mentioned the Glen Club. There was a couple other clubs that you managed that I wanted to cover just because they're sure. very unique. Uh, yesterday, I was writing a little bit about Harborside and all the benefits that Harborside have. 57-acre practice facility, just gorgeous. Two golf courses, beautiful view on the water. Um, I At the, the Kemper outing that you had in October, I was able to talk to the head professionally saying there's a, a, a tremendous amount of events that you do. Can you talk a little bit more about the benefits of Harborside International, especially for outings and events. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great property, 36 holes, 15 minutes from downtown Chicago. And as we've drawn more younger golfers to the game, uh, getting through the pandemic, you know, those young golfers who live in the city and live in the area, it's, it's so easy to get to. So it's it's had great success. It's a great facility. And it's one of the few that have 36 holes. So we do a lot of outings and a lot of corporate and charity outings. And those that are bigger outings are looking for 36 holes. Has a big, beautiful clubhouse, great food and beverage operation. 
so it really is, and we've continued to uh, invest in that. We redid the bunkers uh, a couple of years ago. We're looking to do make more investments uh, in the facility uh, on it, but it really is unique in the Chicago uh, area because we, we've got an amazing array of great golf courses throughout the Chicago area, but not many 36 hole complexes that can handle, you know, big events. So we've kind of made a niche for that and, and really understand the service. And, and Jesse, the director of golf head professional there is a great individual. And, and that property is so much more than that uh, because we have a, we're a base of the first tee there. We do a lot of junior programs there uh, and a lot of outreach. And so it's really uh, exciting, you know, in the city, it's the premier golf experience in the city limits um, itself. So it's a property that's been around uh, for a while. We've uh, uh, been managing for close to 10 years now, and really a lot of people have rediscovered it over the last several years. So then another project that is equally as unique and perhaps in the country is Canal Shores. Can you talk about that as far as what a unique property and winding itself through the community and and what do you see from a, a management perspective as far as the opportunity and what you're hoping to accomplish? Yeah, you know, that is the ultimate community asset, right? It's a, it's run uh, by, it's overseen by a not-for-profit board and people that are just in the community and love it. It's completely unique as it if you haven't seen it, it goes under the L tracks. It goes along the canal. I know you've seen it, but some of your listeners might not have seen it. It's really worth and right in downtown uh, Evanston. So there's a fundraising effort underway uh, to raise $5 million to uh, reinvest, to restore the golf course. Uh, it's really unique, a series of, of great unique par threes, some par fours um, to reinvest in it. And two things there, we're going to build a lawn like, you know, giant putting green. Really, it's it's going to it's a unique project and not only restoring the golf for be, beginners and golfers really of all skill levels to play, but also uh, have a caddy program academy. We've got a partnership with the Western Golf Association to bring their caddy academy there. So you'll be able to take caddies. um really free of charge underwritten by that foundation uh, to take caddies, to train new caddies, to get them in the Evan Scholar program and in the caddy program. We'll have a lot of first tee events there. The Illinois PGA is getting involved. So again, this is the ultimate kind of community asset. It's really a unique uh, place and kind of an urban environment, but again, to bring more people to the game. And, you know, one of our core beliefs is expanding the game of golf and not just have it be about wealthy private club members who we love and they're great also expanding and we've seen that through the pandemic you know the growth of the younger golfer the 18 to 34 is are participating at a lot higher level uh than the predecessors and we're seeing more women in the game more uh diverse populations in the game so th that's a project there that touches so many bases it really is a a passion project for several of our people around the office. So then maybe we should segue into talking about changes in the golf industry. Like you mentioned, uh, a great upheaval with COVID certainly brought a lot of new golfers in, seemingly a lot of younger golfers. Um, what do you attribute this surge in popularity to not only green grass, but non-green grass? Obviously, the, you have 
places like Top Golf and lots of things like that, and in golf simulators. What's your sense as far as what's happening? Where are we going? Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's great for the game. It's been amazing to watch. I think you know, for years the industry talked about when they did their studies a latent demand. They called it. a lot of people who watch golf on TV who wanted to play but didn't have the opportunity. Maybe they were intimidated by it. And I think the shutdown of the rest of the world during COVID, during the heat of the pandemic and the ability of golf courses to open as it became a place, one of the few places you could go outside, be with your friends and have a social environment and a safe environment. And I think people then tried it and experienced it and then got hooked on it. And what we're seeing with the younger golfers is at a much higher rate than older golfers is they value the social experience you know, more than the competition social golfers. So, you know, and I think fortunately uh, we've spent a lot of time in the golf industry preparing for this and making sure we're able to treat uh, golfers and guests right. And so uh, we think it's a great opportunity and we're really focusing a lot in the surveys we've done of golfers. That social aspect is huge. Also, instruction is huge. As you know, golf isn't an easy game. It's a very hard game uh, to learn, but it doesn't have to be intimidating. So we've always focused a lot on clinics and beginner clinics and getting people uh, introduced to the game. So, you know, I think we have a real opportunity as an industry to capture this, these younger golfers, this more diverse population and make them lifelong uh, customers, lifelong players and lovers of the game. And as you know, when people get hooked on the game, they get very passionate. And I think the timing also has been right with technology. We also have younger people who've grown up with technology, used to playing video games and the like. And, you know, and the technology has improved so much with these indoor simulators. It's so realistic uh, now. And the Top Golf has, I think, brought more people to the game again around a social environment. So I think, you know, we have a real opportunity to, uh, be flexible in our offerings, provide a more relaxed, open environment, and uh, keep these players for life. So it's really been great. We've seen, we saw a great boost of more than 20% increase as an industry in rounds coming out of the pandemic from 2019 to 2021. And we, for the most part, kept that increase in 2022 when you adjust for weather, uh, which is, which is amazing. You'll see, and you're seeing more investment in golf, not only, uh, places like Winnetka, but you're seeing private clubs invest in their courses and their amenities. You're seeing uh, public courses do the same. So uh, it's uh, it's exciting. So let's talk about uh, three destination courses that Kemper Sports manages that perhaps uh, Chicago viewers might not know. They're, you know. they're familiar with the 12 clubs that you described in the area, but there are some big properties that very well-known properties that, that Kemper Sports manages. Let's start with Sand Valley. Uh, Sand Valley is such a unique property. It's not that far away. Chicago golfers can get to it. What do you see with Sand Valley as far as the benefit provides? And what are you looking to accomplish with uh, in the future there? Yeah, no, Sand Valley is a great property. Uh, uh, Mike, Michael Kaiser Jr. and Chris Kaiser really have led that development and had the vision. The two of uh, their Mike Kaiser's seniors, two sons, and really led the division, led the vision of that. And really, it was uh, an effort to have great golf 
in a relaxed environment. And it's really, you know, their vision has been beyond golf. So there's a lot of other amenities there. So <laughs> very exciting developments there. So two great golf courses, Mammoth Dunes uh, and Sand Valley, the two original golf courses, also a par three course, uh, the uh, Sandbox. They'll be opening uh, this year uh, the Lido, which is a, a very unique uh, private club there. The resort guests will have some access to it, which is uh, restoring what was one of the most famous uh, golf courses on Long Island. Uh, you know, really, I want to say blade by blade, grain of sand by grain of sand, uh, which will open later this year. And then Sedge Valley, which is a Tom Doak designed a golf course, which will be part of the resort. There is uh, grass. There are grass tennis courts there. There are, you know, amazing trails. There's a great uh, environmental restoration of the flora and fauna there. There were original uh, to the land. It's a completely unique piece of property. I've lived in the Midwest most of my life. And if you drop me there blindfolded, I told you this is not the Midwest because huge sand dunes, uh, that were deposited there by the glaciers thousands of years ago. So it really is, it's, you know, it's about three and a half hour drive from Chicago, uh, very accessible, has uh, great lodging amenities there. So it's an exciting, uh, really exciting project. And Michael and Chris have done an amazing job. They really set the vision uh, for it and, and we help them, uh, uh, execute that vision and uh, bring more growth. So it's been very, very popular uh, destination for sure. One of the facilities, the uh, destinations that uh, I've never visited, but I have multiple friends who swear by it. It's their favorite place to visit, and they can't. They keep talking about it. Is Bandon Dunes, which is another Kaiser property. Uh, how did you get involved with that in the management of that that facility? Yeah, so so yeah, that was it's an amazing property, and uh, I mean, Mike Kaiser is probably the visionary in golf over the last fifty years in developing kind of a I don't want to say a whole new style of golf, picking great architects and having great vision, but it really revolutionized uh, the destination resort uh, category, if you will, in golf. Um, and it was really before my time with the company, but um, uh, Steve Lesnick and others in the company were consulting with Mike seven years before it first opened. Uh, so in the, this is in the early 90s. It first opened in 1999 uh, uh, with one golf course and then a second golf course and has grown from there. And it's really a special place. Uh, and again, you know, Mike set the vision he, he had there of, great golf courses he had visited in Scotland and Ireland and and how much people loved Lynx golf and he searched for a long time to find a piece of property uh in the United States that was sand based that you can build a true you know Lynx experience on and he found this property uh very remote very hard to get to four and a half hour drive from Portland uh and a lot of people said and and he said that if you read his books or seen his interviews that he wasn't sure if it was going to work uh, when it first happened. And I recall I was when it opened, I was with the company and there were all sorts of bets of whether how many rounds, you know, we would do on the first course in the very first year. It was double what anyone predicted it would do. And it's grown uh, from there and opened the sheep ranch um, 
at the end of 2020, which is just a spill core and Ben Crenshaw design golf course, nine greens kind of hanging on the cliffs overlooking the ocean. It's just a spectacular property. But as I always say, as great as the property is, and, and Mike says this as well, we get more calls and letters about the staff and the service and how people are treated. And it really is a, a spiritual place and people go year after year. Uh, I will say if people haven't, this is crazy to say, but it's pretty much almost sold out for 2023 and we're booking into 2024. So it's one of those places you have to plan uh, well in advance, uh, but very exciting. And Mike has plans to build more golf out there. Uh, another uh, par three short course, hopefully next year. And he's got his sights on a couple other uh, 18 hole golf courses in the area. So uh, it's really special, special place. So let's finish up with a couple quick questions just about yourself and your career. Um, you started out as an attorney. So you did some work in, in that side of the realm before shifting to golf. What did you take from that experience as working in the legal profession and then going into the golf business? Was there this this uh, hallelujah, like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm in a business that people love versus what you were doing, or is that not relevant? Yeah. No, you're you're 100 right on. Uh, I came from a family of lawyers, so it was kind of the natural thing to go to law school. I was never sure if I wanted to practice law. I did practice for a while. I, I think it's great training and great discipline, and it's helped me in business a lot. Just having that legal background, even though I haven't practiced for you know close to 30 years, but having that training and that understanding of how it works, having that critical thinking. But I always wanted to get on the business side. I always wanted to do something I was passionate about. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a great golfer, but I love the game. And as I always say, you know, when you're practicing law, you kind of wake up and fight with someone every day about something, <laughs> no matter what you're doing. And making that transition to a business where people are passionate, they're there to have fun. And it's the greatest thing about being in the golf and the sports business. Uh, in general is people are there to have fun. People are there to pursue their passion. And that's what we're all about. We tell our people, you know, our purpose is to help people pursue their passion. So it's been a great transition uh, for me. I've, I've really loved it. As I say, you know, I may have been a better golfer when I was a lawyer because I may have had more time. It's ironic. I play probably less in the golf business than I did when I was practicing law, but it really, uh, has been a great transition and it's uh and we've got a you know we've had a uh, been very fortunate Kemper Sports we've got great people who share that passion I mean as you know there's something unique about golfers and passionate golfers their passion is endless whether you know whether they're trying to break 100 or 110 or trying to shoot 59 they have this endless passion for the game and getting better and, and that's what makes it fun in the whole social environment. So last question for you. If you think about the Mount Rushmore of Chicago golf, you'll think of names of Chick Evans, obviously, Joe Jemsek, George May in the 1950s. But another name that is more recent, say, 80s and 90s, was Michael Jordan. He was the basically the face of golf nationwide for us for a long time. And you have a little bit of a connection. Can you talk about the time that you spent with Michael Jordan golf and, and what, what you experienced with that? Yeah, it was it was great. It was it was my ability to leap off the legal track 
uh, and uh, get in the golf business and the sports business. And for a Chicago kid, and it was a, a company being started by another former lawyer uh, who had teamed up with Michael, um, who had a vision, as I always say, if the technology was a little more advanced, his vision really was something what Top Golf turned into be. It was to build high-end driving range with the social at, uh, aspect to it, a growing the game aspect, but at a higher level. Um, and there was someone, Michael, who was couldn't be more passionate about the game. So as I always say, it was for me, for a Chicago area, someone who grew up in the Chicago area, a huge Bulls fan, to get involved in the golf business, working with, you know, uh, Michael Jordan and company he was started was a was a dream come true. Um, and it really uh, it really was ahead of its uh, time in that regard. But, you know, great individual, uh, really a uh, unique. He was he was fairly involved in came to board means and had a unique perspective. He was a great read of people uh, and would make comparisons in business to kind of his athletic career and, and different people and coaches and the like. So, you know, that was a, uh, that was a fun uh, experience for sure. And obviously he's gone on and, and was, you know, I think it was great for the game of golf in that time. That was in the mid nineties, having, you know, someone like Michael being the face of golf in Chicago and, and really the face of golf at the same with the Tiger Woods explosion. I think that drew more. And I think we've seen more of that. You see more of these athletes and, you know, as an industry, that's what we're trying to do is, you know, make golf, not just about some of those historic names, you know, you read about and hear about, but a modern game of people from all walks of life want to play. Yeah, I think that's the exciting part of having some players like uh, uh, Nick Hardy coming up and Doug Gim, you know, these guys who were uh, yeah. just are starting to percolate now. We're getting close to having some players from the, the area that hopefully will make an impact this year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, we had a great you know, run uh, with some of the Northwestern players and Luke Donald having his home here. I think that was great. We kind of adopted him as Chicago. You know, <laughs> live here long enough, right? We'll adopt you. Uh, and uh, but having some homegrown uh, talent like that, uh, uh, like Nick, would be uh, great to see them grow. And you know, that's a lot of what we do at a lot of these facilities, bringing it back full circle of junior programs and bringing bringing people in the game. We're not necessarily trying to focus on we're going to create the next, you know, Nick Hardy or tour player, but some of that will come while we expand the game of golf. And what I've always said is when you learn to play the game as a young person and get, you know, get that bug in you, it kind of never leaves you. Uh, and so if we can continue to do that and bringing people uh, to the game, I think we'll be in good shape. Mm -hmm.